I'm Liz Toombs, owner of PDR Interiors and your host for Sorority Chat, the podcast where we talk all things Greek housing, decorating, and beyond. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me again today. Our guest for this episode is Woody Ratterman. He is the managing partner for CSL Management. CSL offers a variety of services to the Greek industry when, as it relates to housing. So everything from accounting services to operational support, all the way to assessments and um, project management for those larger scope projects. And Woody is coming to us to share his best advice, his top tips, tricks, best practices for kind of a two-pronged approach here. The first one being managing the house day to day, but then second, planning and preparing for a renovation or even a new build um, in housing. And so I think you will get a lot of good info from him. To tell you a little bit more about his background, he's a graduate of Middle Tennessee State University. He holds a Master of Business Administration from Belmont University. And he is an alum of Beta Theta Pi fraternity. So he definitely comes from the Greek world. He understands that experience. He has a lot of experience in the finance world. And you can kind of hear that in his advice and some of his best practices. And I know that finance is something that not everyone is great at. So there's a lot of value to hear from someone who has that skill set. So listen up. And be sure to let me know what you think when this is over. Hey, Woody, how are you? I'm good, Liz. How are you? Doing well. I appreciate you making time to come on and to share all of your wisdom with our listeners. Well, if we're going to do it in 30 minutes, I'm going to have to get started quickly with all the wisdom, right? You'll talk like the micro machine man on those old commercials and just like everyone will have to slow it down, you know, half, half speed to catch what you're saying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, being from Tennessee, talking fast is not one of my strong points. So good luck with that. But no, it's right. great to be here. Uh-huh. Well, I appreciate it. So share with us some of your best tips, best practices, that kind of advice for day-to-day management of uh, a Greek house. Sure. I, I think there are a couple of different ways to look at it, right? We've got tried and true elements regardless of where we sit today and what's going on around us on our campuses or in the world at large uh, that we need to always be mindful of. Uh, And then there are things that we have to adapt. And obviously the last three years as a community and as an industry, we've had to adapt tremendously to whether it's the pandemic or supply chains or costs going up, whatever it may be. I think the, the try and true that we always just need to be mindful of as a house corporation or or even as a national organization running houses is just making sure we're taking care of the basics and that we've got a budget and that we're looking at our room and board rates and we're staying competitive to the community and the campus where we operate and that we're keeping the room and board rates uh, to a level that we can encourage people to live in Uh, and we want to right now there's always a big talk about the experience being affordable, which we're certainly sensitive to and understand, but at the same time, we got to charge enough. And this is really more prevalent on the men's side of the equation, but we see it from time to time with women's uh, 
facilities as well, we got to charge enough to where we can reserve money to be able to take care of future needs. So having a good budget, charging the right fees, managing our expenses, and you talk about the try and true and what we always need to be mindful of and then what we have to adapt to today, that's an area where we really need to be mindful of today in our operating costs and budget with what we're seeing in inflation. Uh, and so if you haven't sat back and revisited and looked at those uh, areas where you could be really impacted, especially in food costs, utilities, things of that nature, you should be reevaluating that uh, really to the performance of your budget with those things in mind and seeing what you can try to control as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Another big area, just in terms of just making sure we've got our uh, taxes done, we have filed with the state, we're up with our registrations, all the legal requirements that uh, we have to operate as a house depending on the city, depending on the school, uh, where university we're at, there's going to be all kinds of different uh, requirements that we have to do from inspections and uh, staying in in compliance, if you will, with the university. So just making sure those elements, which are typically fairly easy to manage and within our control, that we're looking at it and we're staying on top of it. Because more often than not, when we don't, those things come back and bite us significantly, uh, especially if we haven't filed a 990 or we haven't filed our annual report with the state, then we start losing our tax deductibility and things of that nature. But then I think, again, today, some of the big, the big elements going into the fall for this year and looking at the environment, what we've come through over the last two and a half years and what we're facing in terms of inflation and other challenges, still delays in supply chains and things of that nature. We just really need to be looking at our operations as a whole from an efficiency standpoint. We're starting to see a move, Liz, from, and you, you may have seen it in your business as well, from uh, a lot more conservative approach to knocking down a house and building completely new or building a huge wing. Hey, what can we do to fix what we have right now? Because it's so expensive to do the other. And we also know that we're in a little bit of a pause, if you will, at the moment in terms of how aggressive we think our membership is going to grow because over the next three to five years, they're, they're expecting declining uh, enrollment at universities, which is interesting. We're going to LSU on Saturday for a presentation, and we were talking with the university earlier this week. They just had their largest recruitment ever in the history of the school. So it's wild. It is wild because you're ever you hear, and I know you hear this too, and all of our, the NIC and the NPC and all these conversations that, hey, we're really concerned about membership numbers, but yet coming out, and especially coming out of the pandemic, we weren't sure there was a natural dip. And then it's just, it's, it's exploding in a lot of places. So I think people are looking for camaraderie though, after the last three years of really feeling isolated and like they're living on these islands that they're clamoring for that even more. Absolutely. Gosh. Um, So you were talking about efficiency and operations. And so Um, did you get everything out that you wanted to tell us on that? Yeah, I mean, no, I think that's good. I mean, you don't okay. have to overcomplicate it, right? These houses right. have been in operation for most part, most of them over 50 years. So they're pretty well oiled machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but where we see, you know, one thing to think about, uh, especially again, adapting to today's environment, the great resignation that's out there, you know, we do, we are seeing uh, a high level of house director turnover right now. And something to keep in mind if you are an organization or a local house corporation out there where your facility has a house director, 
We don't normally do a very good job as an industry in welcoming new house directors and introducing them to the facility and going over the nuances and making sure they understand the uniqueness of the chapter or events and all those different pieces. Because we just, we don't have time or we may not be local or whatever it may be. Hey, the key's under the mat. Let us know if you have any issues with your suite or when you're moving in or whatever, and good luck. Uh, So maybe really focusing on if we have new staff coming in, especially in the house director role, have we done our part to welcome them, train them and, and educate them at least to that facility? Where do we turn, you know, a best practice? Do we know how to turn the water off to the house? Uh, do we know all the emergency numbers, right? The, the water's the big piece, you know, where, where is the main shutoff, right? Uh, do we know how to turn off the water at the back of a toilet? And have we educated the members on that? Because sometimes our house directors do like to go out of the house. And if they're not at home, do you know, we think uh, that the generation would know or somebody would know how to turn it off and, and you'd be surprised what they do and don't know. And so just yeah. thinking through some of those little nuances would certainly make sense as well. I laughed when you said that about the water shutoff, because in my home lately, that's been a big topic of conversation. We just had a plumber come and install the flow meter by Moen, where it, it talks to an app on your phone and it monitors water usage. It alerts you if there's unusual activity, it will shut your water off for you. So specifically, if you're out of town, it takes care of that and kind of helps mitigate that damage of a flood. But yep. in talking with other people about us putting that on, several of our friends have been like, I don't really know where the water shut off is at our house. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like my right. pain is rising. And so you yep. think about it in these types of houses, somebody's new doesn't know how to find it. An emergency comes up. It just adds a whole extra layer of, of chaos in an emergency situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You talked about the great resignation. Are you all seeing um, staffing and labor issues in housing like we are in other industries, like, you know, manufacturing, wait staff, all these other places we're seeing shortages in labor? I have not seen it directly yet within our industry, Liz, like at headquarters or finding having too difficult a time finding house directors or staff or things of that nature. However, in the auxiliary world, right? In our those who are serving us, for sure. I was just on a call before you and I got on a call here with the general contractor before a project call that we were having coming up. And he's like, just want to let you know that the project manager's leaving, but we have a new person coming in, that type of stuff. And we're, we see that all the, I wouldn't say all the time. We see it a lot more frequently today, Liz, than we've yep. seen in the past, right? And I know our kitchen management friends are certainly having some challenges on the uh, chef front and some of the laborers that support them in the kitchen is certainly some spots where there's been challenges. But as it relates directly to fraternity and sorority community, I've not seen it too much. Um, You know, this is a pretty specific industry and you're in it because of your labor of love, right? More than than anything. Uh, But certainly for those who are servicing our houses, uh, servicing the community at large, there's, there's certainly been impacts. Well, I mean, that's a positive outlook overall, because I feel like on my side of things, dealing with contractors, um, you know, furniture manufacturers, logistics people, delivery folks, I hear it left and right, and it, it can get a little, <laughs> a little sure. daunting to hear that and always trying to be filling in the gaps with the, the labor force. So um, hopefully that will change soon, but it's nice to know that it's not really affecting housing that much at this moment. 
Right. I, I would say for our our world, the main thing, and you continue to say it probably for the ad nauseum for the next 12 to 18 months, is we just have to allow ourselves as much time and as much patience and grace that we can with our vendor partners. Um, okay. Like we're dealing with uh, at, uh, it's a project you and I are working on at the University of Georgia right now. One of the HVAC units went out uh, four days ago. Normally, you have that replaced 48 hours. Mm-hmm. We're still a week or two out. And so unfortunately we've had to put some members in hotel rooms in that section of the house. Can't even find the Freon to recharge it and just, you know, keep recharging it until we get a new one in. Mm-hmm. Can't even get anybody there to be able to do that if they can even find the Freon. So it's just understanding that and having some patience uh, will go a long way. It doesn't make it any more fun. No, uh, no, not at all. To all of us, but uh, it's just a reality and, and we, we have to be prepared for that. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And I think the more people can be educated and understand that, the the better it goes, um, you know, when sure. those things arise. Um, so you were talking about that example of, you know, a new house director moving in, keys under the mat kind of thing. And it got me to thinking, do you guys ever at CSL recommend, is there any kind of like handbook or just general, here is like the Bible for this house, for a house director when someone new comes in, where it tells you about all the vendors, tells you all the maintenance schedule, whatever they need to know. Is there anything like that, that that you would recommend for these houses to have in place? Absolutely. I think there's not a uh, off the shelf one, Mm -hmm. so to speak, right? Like we have within our, uh, on our website with uh, CSL management on the hub, we have all kinds of different resources there that certainly anybody can go. They're free. We've pulled from MJ, Holmes Murphy, probably something you've provided in the past is out there that's just from a sharing standpoint, if you're looking for information that's out there. But most likely, uh, there's a handbook already there that someone from years and years has created. If you don't have one, then yeah, absolutely. And if you can get information, if you're a house corporation where you haven't sat down and tried to pick your house director's brain before they left of everything and and who's who and where our vendors are and what's been updated, then you certainly need to do that. But uh, regardless if you're switching house directors or or not, you should have that tool, right? You should have that resource electronically and in hard copy sitting there at the house and then somewhere electronically that to your point, we list our vendors, emergency numbers, uh, the critical organizational pieces, depending on the fraternity sorority, what are the critical, what are their hotlines, what are their risk management policies, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I think it's good also to have checklists in there, what your expectations are for the house director. Uh, how often do you want them to w- tour the house, walk the house once a day, at least hopefully. Uh, what do you want them looking for? And what do you want them actually denoting and documenting that they have, have done? Uh, and I think just the, Who's the board? How do you get a hold of the board? What's the role of the people on the board? Who's the chapter leadership? And I would say probably the biggest where we see frustration and challenges is the the house director knowing the event cycle, if you will, for that house. Mm. Um, because it changes. It's fluid, as you can imagine, just like our leadership, undergraduate leadership changes all the time. Our alumni or alumni change frequently on our boards, uh, if we're lucky, uh, so we can bring in fresh blood, if you will. But in that, that continuity uh, and that transfer of information of, hey, by the way, we normally have parents week the third 
third weekend of September or understand every home game, we're going to have a lot of people here and we expect this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. A lot of times those things don't get translated. And I think that's a, that's a big opportunity for house corporations and national organizations to help when the house director is transitioning to a new spot. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, okay, so we've talked kind of about the day-to-day, just in and out management of the house. What if a chapter is planning um, a major renovation or new construction project? What are some best practices that you would advise them to follow when planning a major project? Oh, boy. <laughs> How much time uh, do we have, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in just this day, in this age that we're in right now, oh, it's just- yeah. Uh, we have been doing it now for project management for 12 years. I guess we're getting close to 250, 300 million in projects we've done. Mm-hmm. Never in my life have I seen what the last really six to eight months. I mean, there were challenges during the pandemic, but there was just a lot of wait and see. Liz, yeah. right? There's a lot of pause or wasn't, but now everybody came out of the pandemic. like, okay, we need to start these projects again. And we need to get them done. And it just manifested into just a mess uh, that's out there in the market right now. So I think going back to what are the tried and true, give yourself enough as much time and runway as you can. Uh, If you're doing a major renovation, it's going to be a two, three, four year process, Mm -hmm. especially if you're going to do fundraising uh, because you've got to allow a good 12 to 18 months for that fundraising activity to take place and see where you're coming in financially. So Give enough time. Understand it's not going to happen quickly. Uh, I think the other the other piece of it is is also looking at and making sure you assess and understand what you have today. Uh, we oftentimes see we have new energized board members and they walk in the house like, man, there's been a lot of deferred maintenance here and we're not competitive and we really got to get through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got to do it now. It just doesn't work that way. And you really need to understand what are the uh, ages of the equipment? What is the, when was the last time any major renovation was done and what was it uh, and to what extent? Uh, do we have any uh, legacy gifts like a oil tank out in the front yard that we're dealing, you and I are dealing with with a project in New England, right? Uh, so I mean, we can talk about this stuff in real time if we want, but really having enough time, understanding what you have today and where you're going I think also is is surveying the competition, right? We've always talked about you renovate one fraternity or sorority house on campus, and then it just starts a snowball. Mm-hmm. Everybody's coming behind you. Uh, and you have to look at that timing and understand it, and then also look at what's going on with uh, the outside market and, and apartments and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I think fourth, you've got to really financially do your financial modeling and studying and understanding what uh, this is going to take, what it's going to do to your operational costs moving forward, what can we afford. Uh, and I would probably even, the fifth comment I want to make is probably where we start is sit down with your chapter mm-hmm. and ask them what they want. Mm-hmm. What is this house not doing? What is, how is this house not serving us? What kind of experience do we want this house to provide in the future that it's not providing today? Is it still germane to the mission of the organization? Uh, if not, where can we improve that? Mm-hmm. Educate, you know, how we study, how students study today, how they're educated today is totally different than 30, 40, 50 years ago and the technology and all those different elements. So those are key pieces that you need to really be talking about. 
In saying that, though, we also need to realize the undergraduate students that we're talking today probably aren't going to be there when this project is done, right? So we, we take it with a grain of salt, but we can't assume as alums that we know everything. We need to get the right professional help. We need to make sure we get the undergraduate insight, understand as an industry and your national organization, about every resource in the world that you need is out there. There's plenty of people that have you know, blazed this trail before you, that have been, gone down this road. So learn from what their mistakes they made and, and try not to repeat them. Mm-hmm. I would say as it, you know, as it relates to today, and it's really hard. Um, the numbers are just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, and so we ask you know, when, when, who has the crystal ball of when things are going to stabilize? Like, okay. We can't tell you. Now, obviously, the Fed's taking matters into their own hands, which is good, which should hopefully help. But to what extent and where will things level out is who knows. I uh, was on with um, the GC in Missouri. We're doing a smaller project there that came in at 600000 over budget. And in this scenario, he was saying, you know, it's very frustrating. We just bid on a elementary school, right? So block, steel, paint, some flooring, not, not, not a PDR design, beautiful, elegant space coming in here, right? It is just uh-huh. pretty basic. He said before, two, three years ago, before the pandemic, they would price that thing would come in at maybe $190 to $200 a square foot. Uh-huh. They just bid it at $780 a square foot. It just blows you away. And you're just like, what? I know. Yeah. And, and of course, we were talking before we started recording about the project in Florida where you know, the organization has been planning this for two years. They've built a, and designed a very efficient building. It's going to be a great uh, piece. It's, we're doing, we feel like we're doing everything right. Numbers come in. We're $2 million over budget. We V 1.8 out of it. All right, we feel good. We're just doing another 30-day pricing cycle. Certainly, we, we've got this figured out. Yeah. 30 days later, it comes back in $2 million over budget still. Yep. So uh, in a matter of nine, 90 days, roughly, give or take, you had a $4 million swing in pricing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing it too. We right. had a residential project. We were pricing, I thought for sure, we had it priced at the end of 2020. Some Mm -hmm. items were removed. The scope kind of lessened a little bit. So I thought it'll come in like 20 grand. It's like 38 now. And, you know, it was like, well, you know, do you move ahead with this? Is it going to get worse? Like you're saying, or will it level off? Is it going to get better? Are we better off just to hold out? You really don't know what to do. And it's just, it's a matter of, I think, how urgent the need is to update and, we have a similar situation with um, a sorority space in at Kentucky as well. Like the the women moved out, we should have been a year into the project, and all the pricing came back way too high. The architect had to go back to the drawing board, and now the client's having to go back to the bank and say, like, can we get more money, or do we have to shut this down? Yep. You're just everybody's in a really tight spot, I think. And I think if you're starting, if you're just starting today, um, don't stop. Because it takes a lot of time and you want to be prepared to make sure that you're ready whenever the opportunity does seem to make the most sense for you. Mm-hmm. So don't sit around if you don't have plans, if you don't have an idea of what you want, if you haven't done the work and survey what's going on around you, 
Uh, there's plenty to do. There's fundraising to do. There's pro formas to create. There's architects to interview. There's general contractors to select. There's pricing exercises that you can do. Uh, fundraising, again, all those different elements all take time. Now they take money as well. So they're not, it's not like you can do all of that stuff uh, for free, but you can certainly uh, typically uh, cash flow a lot of that preliminary work uh, in, in a timing that will work within your budget so that when you are ready or you see the opportunity or the market settles or breaks, you can go and you're not just sitting there waiting for it uh, and starting completely from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think for those that are right in the middle of it, you may be in the capital campaign right now and, and fundraising and things of that nature. I think you have to uh, go back and look uh, and understand, okay, we may have priced this thing at 350 a square foot uh, when we started this campaign and where we're going. And now we realize it's going to be 600 a square foot, which just pains me even to say, or whatever it is. And there is some regionalism to it. Okay. Florida's a hot market all the way around, right? I mean, concrete in Florida is like liquid gold. It's, it's okay. just crazy what you have to pay for concrete in Florida versus what you may pay for it in Nebraska. So there are regional impacts, but if you're in the South or Southeast where there's a lot of movement, a lot of activity, you need to be more sensitive than someone that's maybe at the University of Idaho or maybe in the, the Northeast where it's not as, I mean, it's still gonna be painful, but it's not as painful as the regions. But if you're right in the middle of it, again, it's not, uh, we wanna panic. I mean, that's the, and we wanna pull our hair out, but that's not the, the right move. I think you just got to go back and reassess, and especially if you're in a campaign, reassess now so that you can go back to those key donors and just say, hey, I don't know if you can do more, uh, but the numbers are going to change. And I don't know if we're going to be able to put the dream out there. And if they say no, that's fine. Then we just know we got to we got to reset our expectations and our dream a little bit. And I know that we've dealt with uh, right now we've had, I guess we've got a roughly about 25 or 30 projects, give or take, going in our portfolio. And we've had four of them pause. And they started four years ago, some of them, mm -hmm. some of them two or three years, and they just had to pause. So, uh, and that's, you make that call and we'll reprice it and make sure we've done everything we can to uh, build a house or design a plan, if you will, that's going to meet the needs of the chapter without being too exorbitant. But at the same time, don't value engineer it or cut it so much that when you build it, you're just, you're back to where you were. No one wants to live in it or it's not big enough or it's not meeting the needs of the chapter. And you just spent bad, you know, good money after bad. So I yeah, think I think that's a good, a good point. And I think, you know, what you're saying about don't stop, it goes back to your original advice of just be prepared, start planning as early as possible. It may be incredibly frustrating that it's taking longer than you thought, but also to your point, if if membership numbers are going to start to change, then maybe it's a blessing in disguise because maybe your project isn't going down the road and then membership numbers change and then you have to, you know, figure something out later. You can go ahead and reassess before you get into the construction phase of things um, and figure it out. I just I think we're not used to having such a waiting game and we're all a little frustrated that it's been three years of just uncertainty and chaos. And so sometimes it's hard to, to dampen the excitement and the, you know, get up and go to get these projects done. And I think it's, 
and there's and it translates into a lot of frustration. Uh, it translates into sure. uh, a lot. I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of anger uh, that we see day in and day out and we get it. I mean, these are a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of resources. And here we find ourselves and mm -hmm. we have disappointed members and we have disappointed alum. And then uh, and we look at the at the market and we're like, what are you what are you doing to us? And and they're they're like, oh, we're it's just frustrating. Uh, and they and they don't like it any more than us in a lot of regards. Sure. Um, but it's also sometimes the nature of the beast. So I think it's really, though, important. Uh, grace and patience is is really needed. But I think it's also very important is to, to hammer on the numbers and hammer on what they're seeing and why it's this and the devil's in the detail sometimes. And if they're general conditions, which is where general contractors will throw a lot of cost, don't take the lump sum, dig into that. What are, what are you throwing in there? Do you really need a trailer? Uh, we can set up a room in the house. Do you really, I mean, all those different things, when you start looking at them, uh, they add up. Uh, and so you just got to be a lot more diligent uh, and aggressive on those pieces to, to get the numbers to come in. Yep. You really do. You have to dig in. You have to know what you're looking at. And I think if, as a board, if you don't understand, then call in some help and get somebody who right. does know what they're looking at. Um, and like you said, learn from other chapters, other organizations, experiences, and talk about that stuff so that you have all your research and you are prepared going into a project. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and chatting with me, Woody. I think you offered a lot of really good advice about managing a chapter house. They are not easy. They are very different than a personal residence, even though there are some similarities. So I really appreciate sure. your time. Well, I appreciate the invite anytime. Well, I hope we did not discourage you too much from considering a renovation or a building project just by our discussion of how expensive construction costs are. I just think this is something that we have to consider right now. It's the world that we live in. You know, best case scenario, it gets better. Prices go down. Worst case scenario, we just learn how to manage it better and continue to move forward. I really do think that that is the key, much like Woody said, don't stop, keep up the momentum, keep researching, keep learning, keep planning, and just keep taking steps forward for whatever it is that your chapter house needs, whether it's taking care of maintenance issues or if it is planning a larger project. That, that is the key, is just to keep moving forward. I hope that you found his advice helpful. Please be sure to let us know, leave a review, send me a note, let me know what you thought was the best advice that you heard today. And who do you know who could benefit from hearing this podcast episode? Will you send it to them? I will catch you next week with our next guest.